Do I sound okay today, Mike? There or thereabouts. I'm in a different location today, that's why. Oh, where are you? I'm recording in my co-working space. Okay, so. this is not the secret office. There's nothing secret about it. You mean the secret office that I showed a photo of last time? There was nothing secret about that. Well, the secret was you wouldn't tell me where it is. That makes it secret enough. Yeah, a secret from you, Mike, because I don't want you showing up, moving in to my office, bringing your own desk. Like, it's, it's small enough as it is. I don't need a mic in there. I'm not that big. <laughs> the bigness is not the issue. It's the Eunice being thereness that's the problem. <laughs> I think in this, you're the problem, not no, me. I'm not the all problem. Right. Look, I, all I wanted to do was I wanted to set up a nice office that was just for me to do some work. And I don't want you to show up. But that doesn't make it a secret office. <laughs> it's I mean, not a secret. It's kind of a secret. Do you still have it? So, yes, I do still have the office. Okay. I have been, I have been using it so far. Uh, in the past few days, I have been doing animating because we are, we are recording uh, shortly after the release of my Q&A video. Uh, which is now up so people can stop tweeting me and leaving comments everywhere about when the heck is the Q&A video going to show up and then I'm already 10% of the way towards 3 million. It's like, it's done now. <laughs> For this one, I understand the complaints, right? No, no. <laughs> you put up like, I'm going to do a Q&A video when I hit 2 million. Hit 2 million, no, three more no, no, videos no, came no, out. No, 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 Okay, okay, okay. Listen, this is, this, right, right, here, right here is a fundamental problem that always happens. Okay. We should go back... And look at what I actually said in that, right? I said that I was going to do a Q&A video. And I probably said something like 4, 2 million subscribers. But I didn't say anything remotely like, oh, it's going to come out the day that I hit 2 million subscribers. right? But people, people hear that, even though it's not what I said. You make a, an implication, though, right? Like an implication like that? I don't think so. I don't think you can connect those dots. Okay, sure. Those Wasn't the first one, dots. though, because you hit a million? Yeah, but even the, the million one was well after the a million mark. And I, I think, uh, if I remember the timeline correctly, I released the How to Become a Pope video. That, that, that video ended up delaying the one million subscriber video yeah, for quite correct. a while. That so. is correct. How, how do you remember that? That's a little creepy. No, I'm looking at your page. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think you're just Come like, on. You're just there just remembering. Right? I wasn't watching your videos then. I didn't even know who you were three years ago. <laughs> so, but like, so I'm looking at this right. You set a precedent. Q&A with Gray, four or 500,000 subscribers. Q&A right. with Gray, one million subscribers. You set right. like a precedent in people's minds. That's why they think it's for two million. And plus you mentioned two million in the video, right? Right. But I, I, I just think there's, there's, no, there's no precedent for it's going to happen on the day. I think that's pretty clear. I think anybody who follows me should know it's probably not going to happen on the day. No, maybe not on the day, but like you posted a video <laughs> where like, send me questions. And like, here's another video. Here's another video. <laughs> Two months later, here's the Q&A. This, this to me is just like, oh, you can't win. You can't win. You make people a nice main video. All they do is complain that the Q&A video isn't up yet. There's no winning here. There's no, no winning. There, is no, there is no winning. There's never, you can never win. <laughs> You can never win. It's just it's just how badly do you want to lose? Exactly. That's all it is. <laughs> there was an interesting thing that came out in that Q&A video, though. Uh, yeah? You, you finally answered a question that I get every week. What, do you, what question do you get every week? Why did you move to the UK? I get it constantly. I don't understand this. Why? But I, I don't understand this. And I even said in the, in the Q&A video, like, I swear I've talked about this before in various places. 
maybe because the whole story isn't isn't together in one place but yeah i, I don't I don't understand why people keep asking that. I feel like, oh, I answered this everywhere. But now it's in the video, so people can see. Like, there's the answer. So you moved, you moved to London about how long ago? Ten years ago? Oh, God. Do I want to do the math on how long ago it was? You can estimate. So I moved to London uh, 13 years ago now. That's, wow. that's the that. time frame. The other question that I get, though, related to this very frequently which you glossed over in the video, which means you probably won't answer it now, is why do you have an Irish passport? I, I glossed over it because I think the details are not actually that interesting. I, like People always want to know these things, but like, oh, it's, it's, the, the answer is it's like an administrative detail. But um, I mean, I guess the, the short version of this is just that I had a grandparent who was born in Ireland. Right. Uh, the, my grandmother on my father's side. And... At the time when I was a kid, uh, Ireland had a law that my understanding of it is that this is now no longer the case. But when I was a kid, my father could apply on my behalf for me to become an Irish citizen. Right. And he could also do so for himself as well. And so there was was a deadline because my father's told me this, but he said there was a deadline where... He basically kind of on a whim, like handed in the paperwork on the final day for himself and for me uh, for this Irish citizenship. So it was like the last day you could get the paperwork in and have it still count. And this happened when I was a little kid and it just it just never came up throughout the whole of of my childhood. I say in the video, it's like through a series of, of random events I found out because it really was like some conversation with my father. Like he mentioned incidentally this thing about like, oh, you happen to have Irish citizenship. I was like, oh, that's interesting. You're I did so not know lucky. this. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much I wish I had dual citizenship with the US. Like, I have a friend who ha- who is British, but his mom is American and he has two passports. Mm-hmm. And I'm so jealous. It's nice to have options. Yeah. It's, it's very nice to have options. Like, he does this thing, and I wonder if you do it, where he just shows each passport control the passport they want to see. That is officially the way you're supposed to do it right okay. like that's that is the u.s government is really frustrating about this like it's it's actually not super fun to okay the way your friend has it is the best way which is that if you are a european who happens to be able to get american citizenship and therefore a u.s passport that works out kind of great because you can kind of slide under the radar with a lot of the american paperwork and, and things if you're an american citizen who like grew up in america who has a second passport that's a real pain in the butt in a lot of ways. And it just hmm. causes it causes huge paperwork and frustration because basically the U.S. diplomatic department's opinion on this is that for Americans born in America, second citizenships don't exist. Like the United States government just doesn't acknowledge that you have this other citizenship. <laughs> You're an American citizen. Why would you want to be a citizen of anywhere else? America, USA. <laughs> yeah. And... and once you understand that that is the the way that the government treats it, like you are an American citizen who is living abroad, that makes just a ton of, of the frustration make, make way more sense. So it's like, I still have to fill out all of this paperwork for American taxes. Like there's all of these these pain in the butt loopholes. And actually the, the mayor of, of London who has uh, UK and American uh, citizenship got caught on one of these things because he, he sold his house and the and the IRS is like, oh, you have to pay American estate taxes on 
house ownership if you are an American living abroad. Like there's just so many ways (laughs) that you get caught out on this stuff where America just pretends like other other passports, other countries don't exist. Like you are an American and wherever you are standing is American soil abroad. (laughs) Like that's just the way it works. (laughs) You just take a piece of it with you. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always under your feet no matter where you go. But yes, that is what I do when I, I travel because that's the, that is the way the U.S. government kind of wants it to be done on their end and, and the way foreign countries want it to be done on, on their end of like, okay, which passport do you show? It does end up in some super weird border conversations that get slightly awkward sometimes. <laughs> it's like, oh, you have no stamps in your passport. Like, no, I don't ever have stamps. Like, where have you been? Where have you just come from? Uh, and then From the to, world. Yeah, and then you get to could be taken into the special room and have a long conversation with someone about why you're a dual oh, citizenship. Uh, which actually hasn't happened to me recently. It used to happen a lot more, but maybe they're finally finally letting go of that. I've been getting real grumpy about passport control recently. Mm-hmm. It's just, I feel like I'm now getting more questions coming into the UK than coming into the US. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like recently somebody, I was going through UK passport control and it wouldn't accept me to go through the uh, gate. I had to go and see the person. I couldn't use Mm -hmm. my biometric passport. She was asking me all these questions about what I do and and why I'm coming home and all this stuff. And I was kind of just like the whole time being like, I live here. Like, what is your problem? Like, are you not going to let me go home? (laughs) What's happening here? My passport, look at the front of it. (laughs) Yeah. This is my country. Yeah, this should be the end of the conversation. Yeah, it's like, I've given you the purple passport. Like, what do you need from me? Yeah. Yeah, it, I, I just, the whole, the whole, the more I, the more I travel, the, the less appreciation I have for passport control. I know what it's attempting to do, but I feel like it's just the worst of bureaucracy. It's, it's pointlessly frustrating. And uh, my, my wife just had the best experience with passport control recently, which was she went traveling to France. Now, my wife is an American. Uh, she only has U.S. citizenship. But because I am Irish and because we are married, she's allowed to live in the U.K. Like she's allowed to live here th- like through the right that I have to have my spouse in the country. But it does mean that she has to travel with um, paperwork whenever she leaves and comes back uh, you know, into the UK, like she has to travel with our marriage certificate and a few other things. But every time we ever come back through, it's a totally different story from the passport people about what she needs or what she doesn't need. Right? It's like when we come back, if we travel through the line together as non-UK passports, then they yell at us and they say, oh, I am supposed to go through the UK one and just let her go through the non-UK one. But if we do that, then they yell at her for not having her husband with her when she travels. And, and just in the, in the last time, someone told her like, oh, you need to add to this document that you keep with you uh, your husband's passport. Like if you're traveling out and back into the country, we want photo ID for your husband as well. Like this marriage certificate doesn't, doesn't work. And then this most recent time when she did that, the person at passport control told her, don't ever come with the passport again because we can put you in prison for traveling with someone else's passport. It's like, yeah. can anyone, like, are there ever consistent rules here? Like, this doesn't make, it's always frustrating. It's always different. Passport control, not a super fan. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do quite like having the Irish passport. I do quite like being able to live in the European Union. And uh, I do complain about the problems with America and her strange notion of what people living abroad are like and what they should do. But uh, overall, it's it's uh, it's worked out very well for me. I'm very I'm very happy that I did it. Yeah, I uh, I think one day I would like to do the opposite. 
Oh yeah, you want to go live in America? The dollar, man. I lose so much money. <laughs> yes, well, yes, yeah, yeah. We're all we're all victims of the strong pound here. <laughs> you don't need to tell me about that. It's so bad. It's like, oh, here's ten dollars. Now you have five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like after the conversion and then after taxes, it's like, oh god. In some ways, you and I are in the same position of doing perhaps the craziest thing in the world, which is earning our income in dollars. Like mm-hmm. I, my, my YouTube income is, is earned through dollars. The podcast income is earned through dollars. And then we decide to live not only in the UK, where the exchange rate bites us, but also in London, the most expensive part of the UK. Yeah. Because <laughs> what makes it all worse is the economies are the same right, in the US and the UK. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much, what's worth $10 is worth £10. Right. That's what is the hard part about it. Like, it's not the conversion rate. It's right. that after the conversion rate, everything is just as expensive, if not more. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's heartbreaking. Whereas, when I used to work as a teacher and I used to earn money in pounds... I loved it going back to America because oh, it, was, yeah. it was always like, this is a 50% off everything sale. <laughs> like my wife and I used to buy everything in America. Like when I went on all my podcasting related trips previously mm-hmm. is I was getting a UK income from the bank. Right, and right. it was like rolling, like, like fly for free, like, you know, and now it's like, oh, scraping together the money. Yeah. yeah, it hurts, man. It it, do, it does hurt, and it, it is sort of extra ridiculous because neither of us have jobs that depend on where we are. Right? We could do this yeah. from anywhere in the world, and I, I have to just not think about the cost of living in other places because I really like living in London. You know, this 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 has been a great experience. Like, I totally love being in London. I found an area of London that I really like. I I, I just I think it's great, but I cannot let my mind wander to what the cost of living in, in other places is. Like, the, the, there's no happy thoughts that way. I just went through that heartbreak. So we just mm-hmm. came back from Romania. Oh, man, yeah. We could buy a flat in Bucharest for the amount of money we saved currently for a deposit for a house in London. <laughs> <laughs> we could just flat out buy a flat. Yeah. And it's like, uh, <laughs> why do we do this to ourselves? So where in America are you going to go live if you move in America? My current list uh, of places that I would like to be, uh, mm-hmm. the top of that list is Portland and New York City. Because <laughs> they both kind of remind me of places in London. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just count me as 0% surprised that Portland is at the top of your list. It's such a great place. Hipster Mike wants to go live in Portland. Oh, Not yeah. Not surprised. New York is where kind of my brain belongs. Mm-hmm. And ha- Portland is where my heart belongs. <laughs> right. Good uh, Good luck with the immigration process to the United States. I don't States. even want to think about it. I like to think that my part ownership of an American company might help. But I, I feel so. like that might actually be worse. <laughs> I, I have known people who have attempted to immigrate to the United States and... Even when you have everything in your favor, it is not easy. It is a very, very long process. So uh, I think you're going to be in London for a while, Mike, or at least on the outer rim of London. Well, the fact that we're going to buy a house here tells you Mm -hmm. that this isn't a thing that we're going to do anytime soon. Buy a house in London or buy two in Bucharest? Four. Four. (laughs) Oh, God. Don't think about it, Mike. Don't think about it. I'm very excited today to talk to you about FreshBooks. And this is because... I love and use FreshBooks to help make running my business 
easier. Me and Gray are always talking about trying to find ways to make our businesses run better, to help us work better, to make things run smoother. FreshBooks is one of those things. We handle all of our invoicing at Relay FM using FreshBooks, and we have since the day the company started. And it's because their invoicing is pain free. It takes just 30 seconds to create and send an invoice. You can put your company logo on there so it all looks nice and professional, and they make it super easy for people to pay you. We give our sponsors who we invoice so many different ways to pay us. It makes it easy for them. So with FreshBooks, you can integrate with services like PayPal. You can receive payments by card. FreshBooks have their own payment system. You can give information on how people can pay you by check, bank transfer. They make it easy to put all that stuff on the invoice to integrate all of that so your clients will pay you as fast as possible. In fact, FreshBooks customers get paid five days faster on average. You can also see if a client has looked at an invoice, so no more lost invoices, no excuses, you know, no, oh, I didn't get that. You can get all that set up so you can see very clearly when people have looked at it. You can see when people have printed it. It's awesome. You can even set up automatic late payment reminders too if you just want to give your clients a little nudge. FreshBooks has so much more than invoicing though. You can keep track of your expenses. You can use their mobile app to take photos of receipts and organize them for later. They have third-party integrations, time tracking, fantastic support. It's at the core of FreshBooks. They really, really, truly believe in great customer support. I want you to go and check out FreshBooks. If you are using anything else, just go and check them out because you can get a 30-day free trial because you listen to Cortex. No credit card required. To claim your 30 days of unrestricted use, go to freshbooks.com slash Cortex and please enter the name of our show, Cortex, in the How You Heard About Us section so FreshBooks knows that you came to them from this show. Thank you so much to FreshBooks for their support of Cortex and Relay FM. It's time to revisit our home screens. Oh, yeah? You want to revisit home screens, Mike? Yeah, it's, it's that time. I feel like we should try and set this on some kind of schedule. When it, so we talked about this uh, on the first episode, right? I feel like, yeah, it was the first episode. Yeah, of course, because I made fun of you for your ugly clown car. Yeah, clown vomit. Yeah, that's what it was. It was terrible. I mean, we did that in June. This is now mm-hmm. April. It's pretty much a year. Yeah, it's almost like a year. Yeah. yeah. Give or take. It's a year if you're converting from dollars to pounds. Exactly. And you, then you cut the taxes. Right. <laughs> so do you want me to send you mine again to start so you can, can feel horrific and then tell me the optimum way of doing things? I feel, I feel like, just, just, to, just to clear the air here, I feel like I have become much less judgmental over the past year. And you have probably improved... With your iPhone screen, so you you can show me, but I don't think I'm going to be like really upset or anything. I'm 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 as I grow older, Mike. I'm just more chill and just more accepting yeah. of things. No, that's that's how I think of you. Mm-hmm. Becoming yeah. more chill as you get older, definitely. Yeah, this is true. Also, you've you know bullied me into changing it, so I think the 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 mix of you being more chill bullying. and me bullying. being more pressured will mean that this is a better scenario. So take a look. What's going on here? Uh, this is, I mean, it's much better. It's much better, Mike. It is uh, much better. Is this how your iPhone screen looks right now? Is yeah, this morning. What's that second page, though? You're hiding a second page. Oh, yeah, me. I wanted to send you the first one. Okay, yeah, I've got the first page here. All right, here's the second page. There we go. Oh. This is just the second screen, right? Like, this is just where second screen things go to die. Okay, all right. You know? So for the for the listener, these these will be in the show notes. Mike Mike is much improved from his first iPhone screen. I think you should put your first iPhone screen as well in in the show notes. Yeah, I'll do that. 
we first of all we have a nice calm background mm. a nice relaxing just sort of a muted very dark gray blue kind of background with a logo what's the logo on that i can't quite that, tell what is, that is the secret print from the inside of the upgrade hoodies oh of course yeah. of course Okay, so you have you have your own secret society logo on uh-huh. the background of your iPhone. I like that. <laughs> uh, I still have not sold you on the superiority of the three icons in the dock. No. You're still going with, with four. I don't yep. understand why. Uh, I mean, that's probably still my biggest complaint. Three is clearly the superior way. No. But overall, uh, overall, this is much better. I don't recoil in horror at this one. I think this this sort of... I'm looking at, well, you have messages, Slack, and, and OmniFocus, each of which have badges on them. Yep. And this just makes me think again of like the, there's, there's such a conflict with notifications and how you receive them on your phone, especially when, like us, you do work and personal notifications like through instant message yeah. or through slack like it's just it gets so complicated it's so hard to appropriately deal with well, the, the, one of the problems that i have these days is you're saying about the work and personal is the majority of people that are in my personal life i also work with them yeah you know yeah. so it's 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 difficult it's difficult it's it's very difficult and i think this is this is one thing that uh <laughs> you and i i think have have both kind of very naturally slipped into a thing which is that we do work chat through slack and we do uh personal chat through instant message and i think it is genuinely useful to split that like i wish i could do that with everybody that i worked with it's not always it's not always practical it's actually one of my favorite things about our relationship Mm -hmm. because yesterday we were having a very intense work chat in slack Whilst mm-hmm. at the same time talking about iPads and iMessages, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just just to just to be maximum crazy about this, so people can understand, we were having two separate work chats in two separate Slack channels with each other while yep. having the instant message conversation. Yep. But it it genuinely does change the feeling of things. Of like, oh, okay, we're just talking about whatever in iMessage, and then as we've discussed on the previous show, you can have the like. CEO of Gray Incorporated is talking to an owner of Relay like in in a conversation on Slack. Mm-hmm. And the feeling is just very different and you're and it works even though you're having these these conversations in parallel. What what makes it really good is that I don't get any personal feeling mixed in with the work right. feeling. Like right. if you're making things difficult or I'm making things difficult and what could usually be like, oh, he's being such an idiot. It doesn't mix. Right. And I think that is a really healthy thing. And I'm going to try and do more of it. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's very useful, I think. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is a bit of a this is a bit of a tangent here, but it definitely has been something on my mind about trying to manage notifications about work and personal and, yeah. and where do you receive them all and as you will see i'm mentioning this now because as you will see when i share some of my own home screens like i am really trying to figure out a way to separate these things as much as possible and my own iphone as longtime listeners of the show will know i have had many conflicts over like where do i want to do certain kinds of work how do i want to receive things and i've been experimenting over the past few months and and once again i have come to the very clear conclusion that I do not want work stuff easily accessible on my phone. Like I, I just don't think that that is good for 
my own productivity. Mm. I don't think that it is good for my own separation of personal life and relaxing time from focus and work time. So when I when I see your home screen here, like the, the number one thing that I want to avoid on my phone is any kind of anxiety. And so those badges there are the thing that just like those those red badges, like they scream anxiety to me of like there's stuff to do. There's a there's something that needs to happen here. So uh, I would I would turn off all badges and things. I don't even have the badge for uh, iMessages on my on my phone. I leave the badge off. Huh with that and handle it through the watch instead like somehow i find it's more acceptable uh on the watch of like oh the watch will let me know if there's a a message i don't need to see a red badge on my on my phone but um my kind of way of working with that is i have a lot of badges turned off i have very few apps that actually allow badges the apps mm -hmm. that you can see that have badges are pretty much the only ones that can yeah i figure that i figure that um but even even still it's like it's stress it's stress with the watch thing my phone is permanently on do not disturb and i manage everything through notifications to the watch which are more tightly controlled yeah i do the same thing as well which is the uh, my phone never makes any noise under any circumstances ever it never vibrates it never beeps it never does anything and all of the notifications come through the watch and then the, the watch is like super locked down and I, I wish apple would make some changes so that you could lock it down even further uh, I think there's, there's a lot of room to be done with notifications on yeah. iOS. Yeah. Uh, but that is the same decision that I, I have made. And so even though I've gone back and forth about this, I feel like going back and forth about, ooh, do I want to do email on the phone? Do I want to try to have Slack notifications on the phone so that I can respond to people quickly? I, I have found that what it ends up actually happening is creating this intense feeling of avoidance like oh i just never want to deal with slack when it's on my phone and it's always there to be dealt with so uh it's it's a difficult it's difficult uh difficult thing to to juggle but you know these, these this is just where you have to know yourself and you have to know how you work so yep. i i would i would not want those badges but overall i have to give you a like a you know much improvement award Hooray. on your on your iphone would you like to see my ipad <laughs> See, this is where I'm a little bit more worried. Okay, show me your iPad. The other funny thing about those badges, the badges in those screenshots, Mm -hmm. two of those badges are related to you. (laughs) Oh, yeah, are they? Yeah. The Slack one and the OmniFocus one. (laughs) They're my fault, huh? They're they're you. They're gray badges. (laughs) I just think that's kind of funny, right? Because the time that I took the pictures, and it's just like they're, they're, they're gray related. I have lots of badges that relate to you. As it should be, Mike. as it should be. Everybody should have badges that relate to me. Yeah, I wish like I wish I could color code them. You know, yeah. little gray YouTube badges. YouTube notifications, everywhere. Twitter notifications. Everyone should have a badge somewhere that relates to me. I like the the pictures that people send us of uh, whenever you post something, and they get like Reddit notification, email, podcast <laughs> notification, tweet, or something. Like, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, those are those are pretty funny. Yeah. Like that's a person who wants to make sure they don't miss anything. Good on you. They are locked in. All right, so you got my iPad now. I have your iPad. Uh, it looks basically exactly the same as your phone, which I think is is not a bad decision here. You have yeah. the same wallpaper. Yep. Uh, same number of badges. I don't free up the bottom row on the iPad, especially the Pro, because mm-hmm. there's so much space. I don't think it's necessary. Okay, so I don't have a lot of comment on this, but I think this is the time, Mike, where I, I, I think you now need to see what my iPad looks like because I I have just set up a, a new iPad. Another one. The Interesting. 9.7 inch 
iPad Pro. That's what you needed, another iPad. Well, we have to talk, we, there's been a huge iPad consolidation. So, like, don't, don't you right. get started down your big, oh, CGP Grey is crazy with iPads path. There's been a huge consolidation. I'm down to three now. Oh, uh, look at you. <laughs> but Is that one of each? Uh, yes, I have the big pro, the baby pro, and then there's a, a mini, which I'm barely counting as an iPad because the mini oh, yeah. is used as a Kindle. No, don't. <laughs> We'll get into this. We'll why get into you just this. use a Kindle? I know why you don't, but why you just use a Kindle? I use an iPad as a Kindle, not a Kindle as a Kindle. Let's not be ridiculous about this. Okay, I'm going to send you a screenshot. Now, one thing you just need to know before you see it, just so I can prepare you a little bit, is I have gone slightly crazy with the wallpaper, but that is only because I always do this. If I get a new device, I tend to go for like a crazy wallpaper that I will eventually pull back to something more refined. I haven't seen this yet. But, like, I imagine you're crazy being like, it's two different types of gray. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be blown away by this. But I just, this is, this is just a little habit. I don't know. When you have a new device, I think it's kind of nice to make it different for a little while mm-hmm. before settling back down into business mode. So okay. this, is my, this is my new iPad. This is the background. But I just wanted to prepare you. Like, this background will probably not stay. So I'm sending this along. Here is the setup for my current iPad, which I use for... A lot of different things. All right, I got it. All right, okay. Well, all right then. Yeah, what do you think of this? So, okay. What do you What do you want to talk about? Oh, it just came through an iMessage. Great. <laughs> all right. So, the background. The background is a little crazy, but like I can, it's a nice background. Like I can let that one go. It's basically the one that you had before, just in a different color, effectively. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. there, there are many similarities. Yeah, it's a blue low poly artwork wallpaper. I won't stick with the blue forever, but I just, I like having something different at the beginning. So I will admit that the first time that we went through this process, mm-hmm. I was the crazy one, right? Right. Like, there were so many things weird mm-hmm. about what mm-hmm. I was doing. It's switched, man. Okay. What do you mean? So, there are three icons in your dock. Mm-hmm. There is a folder. Mm-hmm. The title of the folder is a dot. Yeah, it's a bullet point. That folder has just settings in it. Mm-hmm. So, I have a few questions. Mm-hmm. Where is everything else? Like, there is other stuff. Where is it? Where's it gone? <laughs> Where'd you put it? Uh, well, this is, a, this is a little trick that I stumbled across just sort of accidentally a while back that I absolutely love, which is I'm sending you right now my phone uh, home screen as well so you can take a look uh, in Slack so you can see what I've done here with the phone. It might make more sense on the phone what I've done, but you can in a folder push the icons to the second page so that you don't see them. Right. So that what you can have a folder okay. that ends up looking like there is only a single icon in there, but there are actually a whole bunch of icons in there. Sure. So on my iPad, what I have done is I have just taken all oh of the my. applications okay. and I put them in a folder and then I put them all to the second and third and fourth pages so that I have the least items being shown in the folder mm. that is possible. So it's nice and clean. All right. Well, you're, you're so, saying crazy. I'm saying clean. 
So I've sent you the phone, and you can see that I've done the same thing on the phone. I have four different folders uh, for a, a variety of reasons, but it's a similar kind of thing. Of I want all of the apps on the second page. I don't want them on the first page. So it's nice and clean. Clean, you know, relaxing, zen-like, one might almost say. No. Why do these four folders not have titles anymore? They don't have they don't have titles because it's not necessary because the little icon that is visible in each of those folders on my phone indicates to me what that folder is for. So the one on the top left, you can see that I have the health icon in there, uh, the health book, Apple calls it, I think. And that is the folder that has a whole bunch of health related apps. The second folder has Wonderlist as the visible icon, and that has a bunch of work-related apps. Wunderlist. No, it's not Wunderlist. It's Wonderlist. The third one has a little map in it, which is all of my London-stroke-traveling-related stuff. And then the settings one is the one for all the miscellaneous other stuff. That's what's going on there. I think the one icon in a folder thing is, is genius, if I say so myself. Oh, yeah? Genius. That's a... Genius. It's not a bulk yeah. game to make or anything. You know you'd love Android, right? Because this is how folders are actually shown on Android. It's a stack of icons. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. So, so can, you seem to be thinking this is madness, but I think this makes a whole lot of sense. It's better on your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Like, the idea that you've had here, I can see it in, like, in action on the iPhone. It makes a bit more sense to me, right? The way you explained it, like having everything in the folder, the icon mm-hmm. denotes what's in the folders. But the iPad is like, it's just barren. There's nothing there at all. That's what's more interesting about the iPad, mm-hmm. I think. So how does the, the big pro look? Okay, so let's, let's, talk about, let's talk about the whole system here, right? I'm going right. to send you right. the final screenshots. Final so you screenshot. can see the completed thing and the, the method... Of what I'm, what is I'm it when I finally see the complete is when like the the veil falls from my eyes and I can finally see the truth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. As we have discussed on the show previously, I, I have been very much of this this mindset of trying to train your brain for working in different contexts. And I find that this has been useful. So far, my initial experiments with my office have turned out very well of this idea of going to a place just to write. And the problem with computers and and devices in general is that they can just be everything all the time. And this is what we were discussing before with the notifications. Like what is what are the notifications that you can theoretically receive on your phone? They can be everything. They can be from your parents, from your friends, from your boss, from your coworkers. Like is you have so much different stuff that is is mixing in constantly. And so what I'm trying to do here is for my own sanity and productivity is I'm trying to define like clear zones of work and zones of responsibility. So the clearest example of this is what I am doing with my iPad mini. Now I have this this very old iPad mini. It was whatever the first one was that had retina that I got ages ago. And if you look, you will see there is a screenshot for the mini which has the same three icons in the dock because I just always use those no matter where I am and I want everything consistent. But at the top, there's just the icon for iBooks and then I've shoved everything that you can't get rid of on that that iPad into this other miscellaneous folder. And so with my 
iPad mini, what I'm doing there is I'm trying to make it as close to a book as possible. Because I, I think many people will have this similar experience that reading on any kind of device can actually be quite difficult because of your own dumb, easily distracted brain. That if you load up a book, it's very easy to be reading the book and then to think like, oh, I want to do this other thing. Oh, I want to do this other thing. And then suddenly you're not reading a book. Like I, I read far fewer books than I would want because of my own distractedness in, in the course of a year, just anyway. But so the way I have set up this iPad is it is totally locked down. There's no web browser on it. I've turned off installing apps. Like I put a restriction password on here so that you know what this thing can do? It can open an iBook and that's it. Like that's the only thing that it does. And I find that extraordinarily useful because it means that this normally just lives in the bedroom. So it's like, okay, at night is normally when I'll read like a fiction book or I'll grab it during the day after lunch and I'll, I'll read a nonfiction book is my usual um, routine here. But it means that my brain knows like when I'm on this device, distraction isn't an option. Like if you're going to get distracted, you have to get up and you have to go do something. You can't just double tap the home button and flip over to Reddit or something. And so th this one is the clearest version of what I am trying to accomplish. One device that does one thing that stays in one or two locations and the brain just learns. Like you're holding this thing and you're just reading. And I find it is very, very helpful in a distracted world to do that. So now, the next step up from that is what I am doing with the iPad Pro. Now, at the time that we are recording this, what has I didn't intend for this to happen, but it just sort of worked out that what I am using my iPad Pro is that it has this nice big screen and it is living in the office where I do my writing. And so if you look at the screenshot for the iPad Pro, what I have on there are the apps that I use for writing. And just like with my iPad mini that I use for reading, I have locked down that iPad Pro so that writing is the only thing that I'm going to be doing on here. Again, I've like disabled the Safari browser. It's, it's not on there. Uh, I put on a restriction code to that as well. So it's like, oh, if I'm going to try to change anything, there's just a little bit of resistance there to slow me down. And so this device, when I look at it, when I look at the screen, I want the screen to tell me like, what is it that I'm supposed to be doing right now? I'm supposed to be writing. And again, this so far has worked out tremendously well. Like I have done a lot of very high quality writing over the past couple weeks now with this office, with this iPad, like with this dedicated setup that is just here for this one thing. As a very quick aside, I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy to hear it as well, except as I posted on Twitter, one of the things that I was trying to write about became rapidly irrelevant. So I was yeah. like, oh, there goes two weeks of work, like crumple, crumple, throw away. Sorry about uh, that. That was the FBI <laughs> thing, right? Yeah, we might yeah. talk about that at another point. But yeah. um, I did a lot of marvelous writing on it that is now all worthless. But <laughs> um, so that like that is now what I've done with this iPad Pro. And it's like, okay, great. Here are these two devices where it's like super clear what is this for. Now, moving on to the iPhone. The iPhone, I think of this as like the aspirational iPhone screen because what this is here, if you look, there's a bunch of stuff that's related to health. And I was trying to think about like, okay, what am I using my iPhone for? Yeah. 
And again, the answer to me was really clear. Like, I don't, I don't want work stuff. I don't want notifications on my phone. I just want my iPhone to be like this thing that is just in my pocket that is useful for writing down thoughts as they occur to me. So you'll see on there, I have a bunch of notes-related apps. Uh-huh. Quip, iWriter, OneWriter that I use for um, podcasts, for notes, and for the scripts that I work on. So very often, like a little thought just pops into my head and I want to be able to quickly write it down and have it in the right place. Oh, poor pages, huh? Where's old, where's old trusty pages gone, Gray? <laughs> See, he's, he's missing, huh? <laughs> yeah, Quip, Quip has replaced pages. Yeah. Good old pages. <laughs> You were right, Mike. Mike was right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I know that's all you want me to say, uh-huh. and I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> and then so I was thinking about with the iPhone, like what else do I do on the iPhone? And the, the actual answer was a lot of just health-related stuff. Like I was trying to think of which buttons do I press the most? And and one of those is LifeSum, which is this thing that I'm using to track the food that I'm eating. Cool. And then I'm alternating going to the gym and going running. So it's like, okay, I use these other two apps. And then every night I use this sleep cycle app to, to track my sleep. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, okay, in terms of buttons that I frequently press, I can actually make a nice little row of health stuff. And then this might sound dumb, but that health row being present there is also just a, kind of like a reminder constantly to myself that health is this thing that I have decided about. That is very smart, I think. It's kind of like a guilt thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's if it's a guilt thing or or so much as like with that iphone is like this is the purpose of this device right it it helps you be healthier it captures your thoughts it's not here for phone conversations it's not here for work it's not here for other stuff so like i've taken off just a ton of apps on my phone yeah uh and and it is really very fundamentally changing the very nature of how I use my phone. Like, I'm just remarkably aware of how little I use it, except for just a couple things uh, now. So I've I've noticed this in myself recently, and I don't think I need to or will make changes like the way that you do. But mm-hmm. as the devices that I'm using to get my work done is changing, my phone is becoming less and less important. So yeah. my iPhone now basically serves a couple of different functions. It is the device I check in the morning and at night. Like it's just the last mm-hmm. device because it's the smallest. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a capture device for tasks and things like that and notes. Mm-hmm. It's the device I use when I'm out and about and it's mm-hmm. the device I play games on, which mm-hmm. is so fundamentally different to me because for a long time, my iPhone was my most important computer and it's becoming less and less so as my iPad is becoming increasingly important. Yeah, when 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 we first met and got to know each other i remember how you you were basically running all of what would become relay off of your phone yeah like you're you're, it was remarkable how much business work and everything you were doing on your phone and and that's one of the reasons why you were the biggest and strongest proponent of the the six plus when it first came out Uh because for you like that made just a huge a huge huge difference and I eventually converted to that because I also had this idea of like, oh, I'm going to be doing a lot of work on my phone. This, this exercise is big and it's nice. But I am also aware that, that since I have made this, this transition much more strongly into iOS, that interestingly, my phone is becoming less important as the iPad is becoming my primary computer. And, and I, I think I can fairly say that my iPad is my primary computer at this point. Do you think that something like the iPhone SE would be better for you? 
I am hugely tempted by by the SE precisely because of this. Because if it's just a device that you need to track stuff and maybe capture some thoughts, it makes sense for it to be as small as possible, I think. Yeah. Especially if you're running with it. Do you run with your phone? Yeah, I do run with the phone. Oh, you need the SE, man. Like <laughs> I know, I know. The, the it's it's really interesting the the calculus of how this has changed that as i have radically decreased use of my phone the size of it has become more and more annoying yeah uh, yeah i mean look see i am a big i'm the proponent of the 6 plus right like mm-hmm. and i still am because whenever i want to do something on my phone i want it to be as big as possible because i'm still right. doing those types of work on it but i just use it less and less mm-hmm. but for what you're using your phone for, it makes less and less sense for it to be the size that it is. It actually yeah. would make it cumbersome in, in that regard, I think. Which is why, for example, I would never recommend the 6 Plus for Adina because it doesn't make any sense for her because it's like the size of her head. Right, right. It's an, interest, it's an interesting transition, and I am totally aware of this. That like I, The size is becoming more of an annoyance as I'm not getting the rewards mm. for having the larger size. So, so all, all of this, this, this whole big, like, here is the context for these three devices is my, my trying to lead up to the first image that I showed you, which is of the baby pro. And now I have nothing on the screen there because the baby pro is this funny device for me now that has to serve multiple purposes. Yeah. So here's where I'm thinking about from listening to what you've just said and seeing yeah. if I can follow along from it. Mm-hmm. Those devices all seem to have a purpose and they're built for right. that. When I look at this small pro, mm-hmm. it has no purpose right now. It's not that it has no purpose, but it's that it needs to serve a variety of purposes, which means if I, if I sit down, I mean, this is, I don't know. This might sound a little weird, but like I did sit down and I wrote out by hand trying to think about what do I want to use each of the devices in my life for? Okay. Like what, like what is the purpose of the Mac in my life? What is the purpose of the phone in my life? And it's always been a guiding principle for me that clear boundaries really help with productivity and efficiency like laser sharp boundaries of what is this for and what is that for are I find extraordinarily helpful. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that has been a problem for me is where do I get messages from people? And like I said, my experience was I thought that I really wanted that to be the phone, but the, the practical result of that was I actually just kind of procrastinated on getting back to people because I felt this constant low-level anxiety from my phone. Just like, I just don't want to deal with this. Like, oh, someone just messaged me. Oh, I'll look at it later, but I really won't, right? And so I thought, okay, so the phone is not the place for this. I was trying to think about, well, where do I want this to be? And I was thinking, like, is the Mac the place that I get messages from people? But then the problem with that was also like, well... I don't really use my Mac that much anymore. I respond to messages once a week. <laughs> but but that was what I kind of realized. Like yeah. I had sort of set up my Mac so that like I would always see badges from Slack on my Mac. But I realized like I now with a whole bunch of the changes that I have made in my life, I am pretty much only sitting front of my Mac. Yeah, like once a week at most. <laughs> right. And depending on like how podcast schedules go, sometimes not even that much. So I was like, OK, well, this isn't this isn't practical. And so by defining what everything else was, I was kind of left with the phone is with me all the time, but I don't want to use it for messages. My iPad Pro is my dedicated writing device, and it lives in my office where it's mounted as a big screen that is hugely valuable to me. 
The mini I just use for books, and the whole purpose of it is to be relaxing. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm left with one thing, which is that I have an iPad that I often use on the couch when I'm just sitting around and that I would sometimes use for administrative tasks, uh, like light email and things. So this previously was an iPad Air 2, but now any iPad without pencil support is dead to me. So I immediately got the Baby Pro uh, for RSI reasons. And I thought, okay, what I am going to try now is that this miscellaneous iPad is the place where if people send me messages, here is where I receive them. That by picking up this iPad, I am implicitly telling my brain, like, I am open to the outside world now. That's what I'm trying to mm. work on and, and to set up. And what I have done so far, which has, I mean, this has just been a couple of days and I was playing around with the earlier iPad Air about this, but what I have tried to do is to funnel everything through notification center on this iPad, which is a thing I've never really used before. Like I never found much use for it. But what I want to be able to do is pull down notification center and just see like what are the things that people need from me in one place? What are email messages from VIPs? Right? What are messages from Slack? And work through it this way. And so I I don't, again, with all of these things, I just like to try out different stuff and see how it works. I think this is going to work very well for me, but I, I, just like with the office, what I have to see is over time, how does this hold up? But at least right now, I think I have a much more workable, much more clear sense of what do I want to use things for. And so in my own work cycle, you know, uh, in the run-up to a video, for example, I tend to ignore a lot of administrative email message tasks yep. from people. As, as you well know, like people in know, my life know that if... What are you talking about? <laughs> people in my life can basically figure out when a video is shortly coming because they realize that I just drop off the radar for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but then we also know when it's nearly out because you right. get so <laughs> chatty. Yeah, but never chatty about work stuff, right? Just chatty, <laughs> just, just like, hey, how you doing? You know. Yeah, I'm just on instant messenger talking, talking. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so yesterday I was trying to clear a bunch of administrative stuff and I was working through on this Baby Pro and I took it out and I had the keyboard, external keyboard with it and the pencil and I was like, okay, this to me kind of feels right that I can take this smaller device out to someplace like a coffee shop and grind through a bunch of administrative work and then leave and and be done with that there and and I, I think this is this is going to work out the one the one little wrinkle in this is I'm not quite sure because this will end up being like an all-purpose iPad like I'm a little bit concerned about some of my other use of it like oh what do, what do I want to do when I'm just relaxing like playing a game or something like I don't this will be that iPad for that as well. So I, that's my one little wrinkle in this right now. But for the moment, I feel like I'm pretty happy with my physical working setup in a way that I haven't been for a long time. Because I've really come to terms with this idea that like the Mac is just used for a few specific tasks. Stop trying to pretend like you're super productive on it. You're not. And here's what you're going to do with these other, other various devices. So... That's that's the whole big story behind these home screens. So I think maybe eventually um, this this iPad here that you've just shown me 
will maybe end up looking a little bit more like my iPad. Oh, yeah? Well, because it will become more multi-purpose. You'll have more and more things on it, right? Yeah, I don't have other icons on the desktop because it is multi-purpose. As in, when I was playing around with the setup, I originally thought, oh, let me pull out all of the apps that I might receive notifications for and put them on the front. But then that to me was like, oh, no, no, I don't like this at all because then there's just, looking at it, there's a feeling of obligation here. And what I want instead is that this is the only iPad where apps are allowed to have badges. And so what will happen is on that little folder, a badge will appear if there's a notification in one of those apps. And then I swipe down on Notification Center and can tap on exactly what it is. And it just brings me right to the app to reply about whatever. Okay. So there'll be more stuff on it, but it will still be controlled as to how it looks. Yeah, I think I might leave it controlled to the way that it looks. Because I'm also thinking like, I was relaxing and, and playing, for example, like XCOM on this iPad with a with a pencil while I was sitting on the couch, right? And like that's the one place where I'm like, I need to figure out exactly how this is going to work. Like, will I put it into Do Not Disturb after a certain period of time? Like, I haven't figured out precisely what those wrinkles are yet. But because I'm using it for many things, I don't want to have it set up. So it's like, oh, I have a bunch of game icons on here because then if I take it to go do some administrative work, my brain's going to be like, yeah, but XCOM looks more fun. And I don't want a bunch of work icons on here because then that creates this feeling of obligation. So that that's why this is the one that's the funny one. And that's why it's set up in a particular way of like, I'm trying to keep it more neutral about what is the purpose of this device in my life. Okay. One of the things, I don't know if annoy is the right word, mm-hmm. but one of the things about you is it frustrates me that I see these things and they look crazy and then by the time you're done, they start to make sense. See? See? That's uh, that's exactly it. Everybody thinks, oh, you lunatic. But if I can explain myself, I think it comes off sounding perfectly reasonable. I picked up my Air 2 yesterday, which I haven't for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, I want to play of it a little bit more. Yeah? What are, you, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? So that size is great right? for, for different reasons. Like it's really light. It's really portable. I can hold it really easily in both hands. It has a split keyboard, which the Big Pro doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Which is great. But what it, what it lacks is the multitasking isn't as good as it is on the big iPad. Mm-hmm. So I just want to play of it a little bit more. Because, so I am a, I have been for many years a multiple Mac person. Mm-hmm. Everyone that I know is a multiple Mac person. They have a desktop machine and a laptop machine, mostly. Mm-hmm. Or they have a laptop that they plug into a display, which, you know, they have other equipment to, to make it a dual experience. Right. Big and small. When the iPad Pro came out, that's what me and Federico were talking a lot on Connected, and I thought he was going to do that. Big iPad, small iPad. For the same reason, that you have mm-hmm. the big iPad that you work on at home, you have the small iPad for portable reasons and to take outside. Mm-hmm. He said he wouldn't do that. We're, and Now that this is out, he's still saying that he's not interested in that. But now I'm getting interested in that. That comparison is, again, when I talk to people about having multiple iPads for multiple purposes, people think I'm a lunatic. But I, I think that this is the same thing. I'm like, but tons of working professionals have multiple computers yeah. for multiple reasons. Yep. Like, is is this all that different? Like, I don't think it is. No. And in, entirely unexpected to me. Like, I would not have predicted the way that I ended up using my Pro. But I realized so fast, like, oh, you know what my Pro is? 
it is my desktop computer at my office. Like it just so naturally fell into that role. I mean, almost immediately that it's like, yes. And now my, this, the baby pro, like this is the version of, of my laptop. I still think there's a weird way that people think about iPads. And I, I am, I'm still trying to sell this version of like, no, no, no. They're like digital pieces of paper, you know, and, and they're going in this direction. The, the reason you can't do it is that there are so many people that believe you cannot do work on them. Like I yeah. watched a, a, a review of the 9.7 by um, Joanna Stern at the Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. And she's talking about the differences between an iPad and a PC mm-hmm. in her review because that's how Apple is now pitching it as like a PC replacement. And she's mm-hmm. saying the good things and the bad things, like how PCs are cheaper and you can you know manage Windows on them. And, and she's making some really good points about the differences for some people. And mm-hmm. then right at the end, she makes a comment about how you can't do real work on an iPad. Mm-hmm. And I nearly like just flipped a table over. <laughs> because the review was good and she was making some really good points but then at the end she showed a bias mm-hmm. because you can yeah, and I do every single day and it's getting closer and closer now to the point where I could do 100% I could record and edit I genuinely believe now that by this time next year I could if I wanted to do everything on my iPad. Oh, yeah. I think that it's going to be changes in iOS 10 to put more audio stuff in. Mm-hmm. And then I can do it. But So that's why I think it's an issue trying to explain this stuff to some people because they believe and they have a prejudice against work on the iPad. And I don't know why it's there. I have some theories. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's it's basically becoming like a Mac PC war again. Yeah, yeah. It does. It does kind of have that flavor to it. Of, of people of people picking sides in a way and i mean it's 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 just so interesting because i am really aware that uh what we may talk about you know I, I was working on my computer quite a lot recently and i i just kept thinking like man the only reason i am doing all of this animation work on my mac is because there isn't yet a uh, vector program that i can use to my satisfaction on the ipad uh, for for illustrating and for drawing, like there's a couple of things that sort of come close, but none of them quite meet what I'm looking for. Like we're all waiting Adobe for you to put Illustrator in the full version on the iPad. Like we know it's, it must be coming. Like someday they're going to do it. And the the day that Adobe or some other company puts a real full vector drawing app on the iPad, which just seems inevitable, is like man, my Mac has suddenly become essentially just the podcasting machine and then that is also being attacked uh as a as a problem to be solved as well it's like i can easily see a future where i i have a mac but essentially don't ever use it anymore but but that that to me feeds into this what other people think of as crazy this idea of having different ipads for different things and i think the desktop pc versus laptop pc is the exact comparison like you don't think it's crazy to have two computers it's not crazy to have two ipads a big ipad and a little ipad today's episode of cortex is brought to you by casper the online retailer of premium mattresses that lets you get a mattress for a fraction of the price that you'll find in stores. They do this by creating their own product, a fantastic mattress that provides resilience and long-lasting supportive 
comfort. Casper's mattress is a one-of-a-kind hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam, and they are fantastically priced. Usually mattresses that you'll find in stores that you just go in and sit on for a couple of minutes and decide that you want to spend the next 10 years of your life on are stupidly overpriced because of all of the showrooms that they need to accommodate and all of that craziness. Well, Casper mattresses will cost between $500 for a twin size, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. And believe it or not, they are all made in America. This is the process. You go to casper.com slash Cortex and you check it out, right? You go there, you take a look at what they've got, and then you decide which mattress you want, which size you want. They will ship it in a box for you. It'll arrive at home. You'll be able to get it upstairs because it's in a nice box, not like in a huge mattress in just a bag like you might get from the showroom. So send it to you in a lovely box. You'll open it up. You'll check it out. You'll put it on your bed and you'll sleep on it comfortably for many, many nights. In fact, you can sleep on that Casper mattress for up to 100 days before you decide if it's right for you. Free delivery and free returns within a 100-day period. It is completely risk-free. So go check it out for yourself. What have you got to lose? Nothing. Listeners of this show can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com cortex and using the code Cortex. Terms and conditions apply. Please go to casper.com slash cortex for more details. Thank you so much to Casper for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I'm going to spend a little bit more time with my Air 2 and make a decision mm-hmm. because like, I don't have um, an iPad with a cellular connection. Mm-hmm. Like, I've, I've, I've never done that because I never thought it would be that important, but it's becoming something now where I, it seems more interesting. So I could then have a smaller iPad, the iPad Pro 9.7, that mm-hmm. has a cellular connection, and it's one that I take with me, and it has a keyboard, and it has a pencil, and it's like just a replicated experience, but in a smaller package. Because mm-hmm. this, the weight and size difference, boy, do you notice it. Wow, 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 wow. It's, I mean, the iPad Pro, it's kind of crazy that it weighs what it does considering how big it is, but when you pick mm-hmm. up something like an Air... It's like this is this. I may as well be wheeling my iPad Pro around in a car. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a huge difference. It's you know, yeah, it's, again, it's like it's like wheeling around your desktop PC. You know, it's 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 the same kind of thing. Yeah. So you might be you might be dual wielding iPads as well. So you you're just you're just eventually going to have the same setup as me, Mike. It's only a matter of time. You're going to be putting all your you're going to be putting No, all, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to go that extreme. No, you're going to be putting all of your app icons in a single folder. That's that's what you're going to be doing. Mhm. Yeah. Just just like me using the keyboard to do command spacebar and type out all the app names so you never have to touch anything on the screen, keep it nice and fingerprint clean. I do that. That's that's how I launch applications. Like so that was one thing about my iPad home screen is I very, very rarely ever tap those icons. Um I oh, yeah. use because I have my keyboard attached constantly. I just use Spotlight to open everything. And it's mainly yeah. through the keyboard command. That that's why I like what I was trying to say before is those icons are much more a reminder to me what the device is for than shortcuts yeah. to be pressed. Right, so yeah. that's why I think like just just Go all the way with this, right? Just go all in. If you never press them anyway, why have them on the screen? Hmm? Hmm? See? What a life hack. What a life hack you've worked out. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't you use that word. <laughs> What's wrong with it? You're, you're hacking your life. It's sullied forever. It's just... 
It's just a terrible word now. It's just, it's gone. That, that's one of those words. We've just lost that word. Yeah. It's over. It was good once. <laughs> it was good while it lasted, but not for long. There's something we need to address about your devices. This is a, this is big, big controversy. So, yes, Mike. Big controversy. You teased last time, because you knew what you were uh-huh. doing, that uh, there was a, a notable change on the home screen of all of my devices, which is that the dock, which of course is the primary golden spot for apps, I have always had three apps there. I've always had Notes, I've always had Launch Center Pro, and I have had my to-do application. And that has been for most of my iOS life that has been OmniFocus. Though previously, uh, when I got my very first iPad Touch back in the day as my first iOS device, that slot was Remember the Milk, which, which I loved at the time, uh, but is, is not uh, to specs now. Stephen has this love for Remember the Milk. I have nothing but disdain for it. Everything about it, everything about it, the name, the icon, the whole philosophy, it's... We can't, we can't get started on this because I think Remember the Milk does have, have some very interesting killer features, but we can't get into this right now. <laughs> but it's like, because otherwise we'll be here forever and we're already going super long. So we can't, we can't start getting into a like, let me talk about every to-do app that I have ever used and all of the things that are good or bad about all of them. Like, we can't do that right now. We got to narrow the focus. And so what we're going to narrow the focus on is that to-do is now the app that is taking my slot there for task management. And OmniFocus is no longer on the devices. And this, is, this has been a, a big change. And, and I must say, a, must say quite a reluctant change on my part. And spoiler alert, still a thing that I am deeply unhappy with. <laughs> like as, much as, as much as we have talked on this show about switching to iOS and doing all the work on iOS... One of the frustrations that I do come across sometimes is lack of getting things like exactly how you want them to be on iOS. Right. Like many iOS apps still have a feeling of like back from the pre-iOS 7 days of we are going to build an app and, and we are going to make a whole bunch of decisions for you about how it's going to be and you will just accept it or you will not accept it. And as iOS continues to develop, I find that less and less tolerable. So it's just easier to run into problems with iOS for like, oh, I can't quite get this the way exactly the way I want it. Because it's harder to dig in and tweak it. It's harder to dig in to tweak it. You can't run things on your system that will change things for you, even if app authors don't want them to be done. Like there's, there's just more limitations. There's fewer ways to work around things. And you run into that problem sometimes. And so... I am using to do, I have switched away from, from Omni, but I am, I am just in a state of deep dissatisfaction with regards to task management. So I don't know where to begin. I guess maybe I should talk about the story of how I moved away from Omni. Yeah, Is we that- need to understand why to do was a contender and why it was even enough like what what made it that it was enough that you were willing to switch away from only focus which you've used for ever yeah forever i mean you pulled you pulled up on the on one of the previous shows my first posting on the omni group forums yeah it's like 
years and years ago about like, hey, I'm just wondering about a thing. So here, here's been the story with Omni. And this, this has been a thing that has been coming for a year. I think actually might have been one of the very first conversations that you and I had a long time ago, which was a huge part of my workflow is that I use templates for all of my projects. So just to go to the most uh, complicated example, whenever I make a YouTube video, I have a template that's about 80 items long of everything that needs to be done from the moment I have an idea for a video through to the final promotion on Twitter and et cetera for that video. So I, I have recorded every step of everything that has to happen in order when does it need to happen? All of this kind of stuff. And this is a thing that I have been building up and refining over years. Like what is the best process? What are things that I often forget? Which order is it the most efficient way to do things? Like this is a thing that I constantly tweak about. And every, every time I run through a project, I think about it like, is this the best way to do it? Is there anything that needs to be changed for the next time I do this? And this is a kind of thing with my working life that I think is super important of externalizing and formalizing what it is that you are doing, which then allows you to think about how you work and how to change and improve how you work. So I do it for the videos. I do it for Hello Internet podcast. I do it for Cortex. I have templates for business reviews that I do. I have templates for managing my finances. Essentially at this stage, there are very few things now in my system which are not template-based. Like, there are very few one-off projects. Right, so with OmniFocus, mm-hmm. it doesn't have template support. Right, so this is what everyone always asks whenever yeah. I talk about using templates, is that there is no template stuff built into OmniFocus. Now, what I found many, many years ago, it was that there was someone who created a script, a third-party script, that would allow you to do some incredibly complicated things with OmniFocus in terms of templates. So it allowed you to create a kind of fake project within OmniFocus where you could put in variable names and relative dates and set the whole thing up so that you could invoke it, answer a few questions for variables and and dates, and this script would directly modify the OmniFocus database to instantiate this template. And it was amazing. Like it was, it was just great. And I was using it for years and years and years. But eventually, uh, I think it's about a year ago now, uh, one of my templates got long enough that I ran into a bug where it's like, okay, I have so many items in this template that this script is running into this funny bug where it doesn't do things right at the end. So uh, I created a test case and I, I contacted the author and I said, oh, hey, I, I ran into this situation where this doesn't work right. I just wanted to let you know, you know, for you know, bug fixes in your script. And basically the guy wrote back and said that he was no longer maintaining the script because he personally was no longer using OmniFocus. And to me, that was a big like, rah, rah, right? It's because it's like, okay, I have a real problem here because this is a fundamental part of the way that I work. And if it is no longer being updated, I knew ever since that day that like the clock was ticking Because at some point, OmniFocus is going to update their app so that they change their database format and then this thing just doesn't work at all. And so I I had been keeping my eye out ever since then. And while while as I as I record today, like that 
script still works. Uh, like you can download it and you can still run templates just the way that I always have. But I also ran into the problem of like, okay, but this only runs on my Mac. And then I don't use my Mac very much anymore. And I found myself in these weird situations where it's like, okay, in order to create a template, I am on my iPad VNCing into my home Mac to try to run a script on the Mac. That's exact. I was just about to say, why didn't you? And you just did it. And I was like, yeah, that's right. the crazy thing to do. <laughs> it is the crazy thing to do. But at a certain point, it goes from just being like, oh, isn't it cool that I can do this thing to like, this just feels so fragile. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that is like a, a house of cards. Yeah, it's, there's so many pieces here that are just waiting to fall apart. That's nothing to build a system on, man. You can't, you can't yeah. do that. And the other thing that I have to say here, which is the increasing concern, is like, okay, back when I was just managing my own stuff, relying on something like a third-party script to do a thing, like, it was fine. It didn't really matter. But now it's like my whole business is riding on these things going right. And so, like, this, this becomes just unsustainable at a certain mm-hmm, point. Mm-hmm. It's like it's too important for this to go wrong. So, for the moment, we'll just say that was the main thing that was, was of concern to me. And so, I had been keeping my eye out for a long time about, like, is there something else that I can use? Or, like, what else can I do? Now, the, the problem is that, you know, many apps don't have this kind of template need. Like, I am aware that I am at the far extreme end of users, as far as the way I manage this stuff. Like I bet if you looked at people's databases of to-dos, I might be the person in the world who has the smallest number of manually entered tasks in a to-do list, right? Just because so much of my stuff is automatically generated through templates. So this is not like a huge demand in the to-do world. And so basically I was always SOL whenever looking at anything. But eventually I came across to do as one of the apps and i kept hearing from various corners of people saying like oh to do is this really interesting app and i never really had time to take a look at it until of course the thing that i can't stop mentioning where do you think i took a look at it mike amsterdam (laughs) you are correct (laughs) Uh, when i last traveled there i thought oh this is a perfectly great time to just start messing around with something else that's new so i was playing around with it for a while And basically what I discovered was, oh, okay. To-do has a plugin that works with Workflow, the app, that allows you to specify tasks and pre-populate it with a bunch of data. Oh, my God. Now, I ended up creating a workflow that has something like four nested if statements where I basically wrote a little workflow that will take formatted data and pre-populate a template as close as I possibly can get it to the way that I want. So what I did was I wrote out this little script that will say, okay, what is the, it'll take like the task name, it'll populate it with an arbitrary number of tags, it'll ask for a date, and it will set items as due or starting an arbitrary number of days before that date. Whoa. Yeah, it took a long time to get this to work in Workflow, and I was really pushing the edges of what Workflow can do in so much as, once again, I ran into a bug in Workflow that nobody had run into before because they hadn't tried to do what I do, which is iterate over a loop 70 times. So when I invoke a Workflow now, it'll bounce back and forth between to-do and Workflow 70 times. What? Hang on. It's flipping between the apps. 
It's flipping between the oh apps. Oh my god, don't look at that screen. Well, it, it does take a couple minutes to actually do, right? Yeah. Like it just goes loop, 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 which is really funny because this is like, oh, has an iOS animation ever more slowed down a process than at this moment? Like, I think not, right? This must be taking 100,000 times longer than necessary simply because iOS wants to show you what's happening. It's like, yeah, I get it, iOS. I don't really need to see this. Have you ever done that in split screen? Yeah, it doesn't work in split screen. Oh, uh, that's a real shame. It freaks the hell out if you try to do it in split screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But key difference here is that the workflow developers are like, oh, great, we'll, we'll fix this bug because it's like it's actively being developed. I'm like, okay, great. Yep. And uh, I think it's, it's actually already fixed, right? So, I, so like, I can run these super long loops. What I'm, what I'm going to say next is there are some things about OmniFocus that I, I deeply, deeply miss about to do. And I have many, many problems with to do. <laughs> I, I try so hard to restrain myself on Twitter from constantly pestering the to do developer. Right, because it's like, no man, just hold back, right? Just like keep it to yourself. Only, only mention one or two things. Like, don't mention everything that pops into your head. He's a very nice guy, and uh, I think he would accept the feedback. I know Federico can be pretty tough on him as well. <laughs> so, I just like I'm just trying so hard to just be like a normal human being. But yeah. I, I could actually write out a list of a hundred things that I would want done differently. But but I'm like, no no no, just focus on the one or two things that really matter. So I said I didn't like the icon, right? Mm-hmm. We we're talking about it unconnected. The guy sends me an email, tells me the app is really good to look past the icon, and gave me a free copy. That's very nice. And I was like, man, you're breaking my heart here. I feel terrible. <laughs> I actually think I used to have a problem with the app icon until you see the app icon on the Mac, and then I think it totally makes sense. The icon looks fine on the Mac, and then I can see, oh, this is what the this is what the icon is trying to do mm-hmm. on iOS, and now I'm fine with it. It's circular on the Mac, right? Yeah, circular. It works better as a circle. It does. I, I don't have any problem with the, the app icon, even though everybody loves to complain about it. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your website today at squarespace.com, enter offer code Cortex at checkout, and get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace puts all the power you need in your hands and takes away the pain points like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck. Those first two, by the way, hosting and scaling, are one of the main reasons that I moved to Squarespace when I switched to them several years ago. It's really nice never to have to worry about, is my server still working? Is my website still up? What happens if it gets a bunch of traffic all of a sudden? Will it stay up? It's just always there. I never have to think about it. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level. No coding required. This is with their site templates that are just stunning and they feature responsive design to make your site look great on any size of device. From a gigantic iMac to uh, iPad Pro down to a tiny phone. Now, I really like and appreciate the simplicity of Squarespace, but if you are a nerd and you want to dig down into the code, you can also do that with the Squarespace dev platform. With all that, plus 24-7 support, plus their commerce platform, plus the cover page, what else could you possibly want from your website provider? Squarespace just does it all. They plug into a bunch of other things. I like being able to plug in MailChimp automatically so that people can just sign up for my email list right on the website. That kind of integration, it's just so nice to not have to think about it. Just boom, here's my MailChimp account and it all just works. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month. 
Begin a no-credit-card-required trial today by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CORTEX to get 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Cortex. Thanks to Squarespace for their support for this show and all of Relay FM. But so here's the thing, like, there are many things in to-do that I find deeply frustrating, and there are many ways in which it just, it doesn't work for me the way that I want it to. But nonetheless, when I, I have to make a decision about trade-offs, the answer is I would rather have, I would rather have a system where I can trust that this automated creation of templates works and is being actively developed on as opposed to using a system where I feel like there's just a ticking time bomb for the day that I wake up and it doesn't work and then I'm really in trouble. So like I would rather move and deal with the problems than be waiting for something that I don't know when it's going to happen. And that that's the like that's the situation that I am in. Um but man do I I really miss some of the ways that OmniFocus works. And if you will if you will indulge me for a moment, I will I will mention the one the one thing which I would just die for in to do, which is that OmniFocus's single best feature that I have seen no other apps ever do remotely as well is the idea of projects being sequential or being parallel. So you can say, this project, these things need to happen in order. And so only show one thing at a time from this project because thing two can't happen until thing one is complete. And parallel projects, these items can happen at the same time. They are not dependent on each other. And even better than that, OmniFocus will let you divide that up in terms of projects and subprojects. So you can say like, oh, this part of the project is sequential. This part is parallel. And like that is a thing, at, for, for example, that is a thing in my template for making YouTube videos. I could say, okay, at the start, I'm going to write a bunch of drafts. Those drafts all have to happen in sequence because I can't write draft three until draft two. So just show me you're up to draft two. And when I click done, then it says you're up to draft three and I click done. And then when I work through a number of drafts, there's a lot of stuff in the animation phase which can happen in parallel, right? I, I can work on the audio. I can work on the video. I can work on particularly tricky sections. I can do what I call like rough storyboards for some sections. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't depend on earlier things happening. So when I get to that point, automatically OmniFocus knows, oh yes, this part of the project now happens in parallel. So when he's looking at what's the video work that he can do, he will now see here are these three parallel things that can happen. And then once I'm done with that, like it can flip back over to another sequential section. It's just amazing. Like OmniFocus's key ability is only show me the things that I can do right now. And Todo has no concept of this. So when I invoke a template in Todo, it just treats all of those items as like, oh, they're all available right now. You can do 100 drafts today. It's like, no, I can't do 100 drafts today. I don't want to see all of these things. But there's no way to filter it out and say like, this is a sequential project. This is a parallel project. And that just, it just 
kills me. And so e- even though even though I went to Amsterdam back in like whatever it was, January now, and I've been using to do every day since then, I am still constantly trying to like fight with it and get it to show me things the way I want to see them, not just show me like a thousand items which can't be done mm. at this very moment. I, and could, I couldn't live like that. The way that I am tricking it right now is the way that I've, I've done it with this template thing is to set a huge number of artificial start times for projects. And again, I can only, this is where like I'm willing to try to work with this thing because I can try to programmatically fix this. So when I invoke a, a template for a writing project now, I set a date where in theory I want it to be done by this date and then the, the little template goes through and sets artificial start dates for every single sub part of that. Right. So you don't see it because you're kind of tricking it. I'm tricking the system, but there are many, many ways in which this doesn't work. You know, it doesn't work if you get ahead. It doesn't work very well if you fall behind. Yep. It's fragile. But the thing is, because it's automated, worse comes to worse, if the, if the due date gets really off, I can just delete the whole project and reinvoke the template with a different date. Right, so I can like try to trick it. Yeah, but it's it's hugely frustrating to not have that notion of of parallel and and sequential. But yeah, so this is this is the thing. Like I, a to do app is such a fundamental part of of the way I work. Like I run everything through this. Yep, and it's it's frustrating to be faced with what I view as a really deep trade off between two different things like you can have automation but you can't have available only or you can have available only but you can't have automation Mm. Uh, and it's like well between those two it's like pick your poison and i have i have picked the poison but i'm not i'm not happy about it i have uh i i use omnifocus very basically Mm -hmm. i don't use projects i don't use context Mm-hmm. I, I use it as a glorified to-do list, essentially. Mm-hmm. But because of that, I have very simple but fundamental ways that a to-do app needs to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I've not spent a bunch of time in to-do, but every mm-hmm. app that I have tried, so this may to-do may do it, I just haven't looked at it. Every app that I have tried does something that I don't like in a way that means I cannot use it. Yeah. Like I tried to use Todoist for a while. Yeah. And its way of setting like reminders and notifications is mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not accepting that like as a thing. Like the OmniFocus forecast function, it's mm-hmm. one of the best things in the on the planet. You know, the idea that I can get just at a glance, I can look at a calendar and see how busy I'm going to be and then dig in and move things around and really get an idea of what my week's going to look like just based on my tasks and the numbers. And I can now I'm like, I know what a busy day is by the number and I know how I can adjust it by the numbers. Right. Right. That for me is just like, if you don't have that, like, I'm just not, I just can't, I can't go to you because Mm -hmm. I'm now so deeply embedded in that system and the way that it works for me that if it's not exactly like this, I can't do it. But my needs are so much more simple than yours, but they're still fundamentally the same ideas. Like if you don't do it the way that I need it, I just can't use it. Yeah, this is where I've always thought that 
to-do apps and email apps are two examples of the clear area of where there is an infinite market demand for these things. Yep. Because people just have their own particularly picky ways that they want stuff done. Yep. And I have played with every to-do app ever. I mean, that, that is no exaggeration. Every to-do app in existence I have bought and tried. And <laughs> like, it's a remarkable how quickly you can come across something where you're like, this is just a total deal breaker. Like, I cannot, I cannot work with this. And in the whole world of to-do apps, it's like there are only three that I can recommend with a clear conscience to people based on what their needs are. And it's like to-do, omni-focus, and clear. And those, those are the ones that I will recommend to people when they ask me for advice. And it's like, okay, I'll try to get a sense of like, what are you looking for? What do you need? And let's talk about this. And it's like, okay, well, to-do is on one end of the spectrum of like super, super complicated. Omni is on this uh, closer on that end of that spectrum of like power user kind of thing. And then clear is like, do you just want a list of things? This is probably the best one that you're going to use. I agree with that, but I have one more that I have to throw in, which is do which is just like, do you need to know about something at a specific time? Do, to me, falls into the category of timers. I, I don't really think of it as a to-do app, but yeah, it does, ha- it does have to-do features Like functions, yeah. yeah. So I, I recommend that as a timer app is the way it is, is in my brain. Definitely. But, but the number of apps that I have tried, I mean, it's got to be like hundreds, <laughs> you know, like yeah. including like web services and everything over, you know. 15 years of, of playing around with this stuff going all the way back to the Palm Pilot where I was using to-do apps of, of various sorts. So it's like anybody who ever wants to develop a to-do app, please do so. Like there is always room for more of these. Like you can always have more icons with checkboxes in the app store. Like it'll never, it'll never be tired. The very worst thing about trying to swap is how do you move your tasks? Yeah, that's... Now there is an export function. Does to-do allow you to import like OmniFocus has an export. I don't know because my, my feeling with that is I, I don't want to use those things because whenever I have switched to do apps, what I have gone through now has always been the case of you need to somewhat align your brain with the way this app thinks you need to use it. And if you just try to do a straight import, it doesn't work as well. Mm. So, so I've, I had like a transition period where I was keeping an eye on OmniFocus to see about like things that pop up and I was going through and taking a look at stuff. But I have to re-figure out how To-Do works. And To-Do has, has, it has a very complicated hierarchy of, of stuff. And it, it, fundamentally, if you just try to move straight from OmniFocus to To-Do, like you're going to have a bad time. You need to seriously rethink the way this works. Right. Um, you need to understand its language, basically. Yeah, it, it took me a very long time to even have any kind of basic functional setup in To-Do because I was I was just just not thinking about it the way the developer was thinking about it. Like, okay, and now I have this whole thing which works. It's like, okay, I understand this idea of smart lists. I understand groups and projects and tasks and like the way they have it all set up in their brain. It's like, okay, fine, I'm... I'm I can do stuff now, but the question is just, can I actually get it set up exactly the way I want? And the answer is fundamentally no, because the app doesn't have an understanding of sequential and parallel projects. And like without that, even the smartest, cleverest automation in the world, like it's a problem it just can't solve. Have you told the developer this? Have you shared your feelings? Oh yeah. Th- this, this, was my, this was my one thing on Twitter that I was like, if I, c- if I can try to sell him on a single thing, this is the thing I'm going to try to sell him on. I was trying to be super gentle, but like that is the one thing 
that would make the biggest difference, right? So that that's what I was trying to push for. Do you want to talk directly to him right now? No, I've already spoken. To, I've already spoken. To okay, him. you've already had the actual direct <laughs> conversation. Yeah, we've already had the actual direct conversation. So that that's the big thing. Like I said, there there are there are things that I totally love about to do, and one of which is it has reminders in the same way that the do app we were just discussing does where you can set it to like repeatedly bug you about a thing on an hourly basis until you have done it well that's amazing it is that feature is so great right because that that is the best part of the do timer is i want you to not just be a timer i want you to be a timer that constantly re-reminds me about a thing yeah um like it's just that is really nice to be able to pick some items to say like bug me every hour until i say yes this thing was done well look at me going straight to the app store (laughs) (laughs) if you try do i will be genuinely curious about your onboarding experience because i think it again i am coming at it from this bad position of i'm trying to reproduce a thing but i i imagine that the onboarding experience for anyone in to do is quite complicated of like what do i what do i do like how is this supposed to work and it actually does remind me the most of remember the milk in some ways where Remember the milk is entirely this search-based algorithm of like you build searches to sh- so show what you want. And the app itself has a very basic concept of, of lists. But the other big thing that I will say in favor of to-do, which has been my, my long-time frustration with OmniFocus, but I can understand why they do it, is to-do allows you to have multiple tags associated with a task. OmniFocus is a software implementation of a strict getting things done system. Like they even borrow a lot of the language from getting things done. So you can assign what are called contexts to a task. And context is essentially equivalent to like a tag. But in getting things done, because that book was written with this idea of paper, or even when it was written, like he's talking about on his BlackBerry managing list, like it's essentially still paper. He's using nothing digital about it. All tasks have a single context. Like it's this idea that like, I can do this thing while I am at the office. I can do this thing while I am at home. I can do this thing while I am running an errand. And that has always been just like a hugely frustrating limitation, especially as I have transitioned into being self-employed and especially as my whole life has become a series of screens, which theoretically can be anything. It's like, I would like to be able to assign multiple tags to a task because I would like to be able to say like, oh, this task can be done in a bunch of environments. This task can, is a mindless task that you can do while watching TV, but it's also a task that might be super important to do while you're working on the video, like animating stuff. And Omni has always allowed you to say like this task can go in this folder and this task can be assigned a single context. And it's just, I've always found that super frustrating. Like, no, I want to assign multiple contexts to a task. And so being able in to do to be able to assign multiple tags to a task which means that i can search for it in a bunch of different ways like that is so nice to be able to do that and like yes i want to be able to see this thing in many different situations not just one situation so that that's another thing in favor of of to do that goes back to what you were saying earlier about design decisions yeah there's got to be them but 
yeah. and, and they will work for a lot of people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it works for you. But you can't make an app without them. They have to have an opinion for it to yeah. be good. Yeah, and it's it's a totally reasonable opinion to say, like, we are going to make an app which is going to be the default getting things done app. Yeah. Right? Like, that, that's a huge market share. Like, they've been incredibly successful with that. Right? Like, and that's why, like, I have found it frustrating, but I have seen Omni in the forums, like, repeat that line of, like, this is this is for getting things done. Like, tasks have a single context. You know, and they have some database behind the scenes of, of, of how things work. And, like, that's fine. Uh, but I've, I have always been trying to fight against that with doing things like putting stuff in the notes and trying to search based on like I've always just tried to get around it in some mm. ways so it's it's never been a deal breaker for me but it's one of those things which is like oh right to use it to do app which from my perspective allows the the correct thing which is an arbitrary number of tags like why would you limit this is is just simply much much nicer but so I don't know like this has been this whole big thing Mike but like I said I'm just I'm fundamentally frustrated and oh and also just to try to forestall a thousand emails from people. I am aware that OmniFocus does have an action in workflows which will allow you to add tasks to OmniFocus. And OmniFocus also has this thing called MailDrop where you can use email to add tasks to OmniFocus. But both of those things only work for adding inbox items with no additional information. And so, like, they are completely unsuitable for the purposes that I yeah. am I am trying to do. Like, I'm aware they exist. Trust me, people, I have tried like hell to make them work, but there is just, there is no way to make them work. Right. But you would just have 70 tasks in your inbox. Yeah, I would just have 70 unsorted tasks in my inbox with no information about start dates, no information about project state, subproject state, parallel, sequential, contexts. You would have none of this. Yeah, that's always frustrated me about OmniFocus is I can't take advantage of any of those things because I don't use the inbox like that. Every task I add I has a due date immediately right. when it's added. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So and I never look through my inbox like I don't have that system. So it always mm. frustrates me that like basically every everything that they have to automatically add tasks or to make it fast to add tasks just throws it into the inbox. And it's like yeah. that's not what I want at all. Yeah, but again, that is a a fundamental getting things done design decision. Exactly, like that you throw everything in, go in and review and sort it. But that's I don't have a getting things done like system. It's yeah. the system that Mike came up with. Right. <laughs> right. It's just yeah, everything has a due date. And again, this is like everybody has their own way of working for them, which is why you can have all of these things exist in parallel. Like there can be many, many apps, people use them in different ways. I am really frustrated that I find myself to do app homeless at the moment. Of like, man, I'm using to do, but I have a lot of frustrations with it. And even after I mean, what is it now? Like two two months, three months of using it every day as my primary task manager. And trying to make it work more the way that I want, it's like okay, but this is this is a case where I have to pick my poison, and I have I have picked this poison. Um, it has had a big impact on the the way that I work, like, and it is a thing that I end up thinking about every day about like how can I make this better or closer to a, a system that works for me. But the bottom line is, for me, templates that work consistently are a total deal breaker. Like without that, I really can't use a, a to-do app. And that means I am going to use to-do because it is the only app that does this at the level that I require. Yeah. So that's a that's the short answer to why the apps are different on my doc that you hinted at last time. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll talk about trucks. 
<laughs> well, we're never going to get to talking about trucks, Mike. We are. We're never going to get there. This is my new iPad. This is the background. But I just wanted to prepare you. Like, this background will probably not stay. So I'm sending this along. Here is the setup for my current iPad, which I use for a lot of different things. I hope it's a picture of me. Not a picture of you. You are not my background. That would be great, though. No, that wouldn't. would be great. No, it wouldn't. It's just like I got the three dots and then they just disappeared. And it's I still have no somewhere. image. Don't worry, iMessage never lies about its progress with sending something. Maybe I should try it on Skype as well. Oh god, that'd take four hours. <laughs> Skype file transfer is the worst thing in the world. Oh yeah, I forgot, I forgot the Skype file transfers. <laughs> I don't know what they do. Like, I feel like there's, they send it to somebody who redraws the image and sends it to you or something. Yeah, that, I think that that's precisely what they do. Two megabytes? How about four hours? <laughs> let me uh hold on a second let me, oh, wow, this is taking so long let me, let's pick this up next time yeah let's pick this up next time perfect uh, <laughs> okay i'm gonna send a smaller version on skype no don't do it no don't okay it's I won't gonna do be it. a disaster i won't do it i've got the three dots in skype now though <laughs> it's not gonna be a disaster it's gonna be fine Oh, Skype gave me... Skype just gave me a frowny face. It says no. <laughs> oh, wow. I've never seen that before. It's getting judgmental. Yes, yeah, it is getting judgmental. <sighs> this is ridiculous. What is happening? I have no idea. Has it sent? It says to me that it's still sending. How big is this image? It's it's just a two megabyte image. Skype is giving me frowny faces for sending you stuff. You know what I could do? I could email you. You could email me. Or I could slack it to you. You could slack it? I can slack it to you. I could email it to you. We got many we got many options here. I'm gonna go with Slack. Uploading forty three percent. Oh god, I just accidentally opened Final Cut Pro. Oh god. What are you doing? No, no, back abort, 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 Mike. Oh no! <laughs> I think all of these upload things lie because all right. Slack Slack has told me it's uploaded 90% and then it's just sitting there. Oh, no, wait. Processing. Processing on Slack. We're getting better. We're getting closer. All right. I got it. All right. Okay. Well, 